I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast formerly known as the Iwaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Danielle Amos is an entrepreneur, a coach, and host of Prosperity Practice Podcast. She's famous for saying, I wrote her, I became her, as she transformed her life through self-image and mindset. She was over $100,000 in debt, sabotaging herself and her relationships, and one day she decided that enough was enough. She invested in herself without having the money or time, and within six months, she tripled her income, and the following year, resolved the debt. Within a couple of years, she was earning $100,000 a month and now beyond. She used the material she now coaches to become one of Bob Proctor's top consultants, and in his later years, he mentored her directly to be one of his protégés. She's committed to her mission of transforming lives, letting people know that they do not need to settle. There is another way. You can learn to master your mindset to be, do, or have anything you want. She's dedicated to normalizing wealth and big money in the hands of women and has already created, through mentorship, over a dozen millionaires and many more to come. So please welcome to the show, Danielle Amos. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so, so much, Danielle, for agreeing to come on and share your story, your gems, your wisdom, your healing journey, and all of that with us. I truly, truly appreciate your time. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for asking me. It's an honor. So before we even, um, you know, jump into the show and the questions and all that stuff, like I actually remember, I believe it was our 2017 or 2018 training um, with Bob Proctor at the the TIR. I think that was the first time I I came across who you were. And there was maybe about 130 coaches in that room doing training that week. And I met some amazing coaches and 
stay connected with so many of you and love watching the evolution and the journey and the growth and the impact that you're making in the world. And the reason I'm, I'm speaking to this is, you know, I was just on your podcast and we had a conversation about collaboration um, versus competition. I co-wrote a book with another Procter Gallagher consultant. We were both on your show. Just the beauty in in the collaboration, the connection. I just wanted to, like, I'm getting all excited now. <laughs> getting the goosebumps. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you. You know, you and I both know that we attract what we're in harmony with. And it just feels beautiful to be able to create and be in a space with other people, other coaches, other women. We're all doing the same thing, but we have this mutual love and respect for each other. So yeah, I just want to say thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I um, had a fangirl moment, you know, with you and your podcast when uh, you and Susanna asked to, for me to be interviewed. And so I think this is a first full circle moment for us, you know, um, me knowing who you are, but not knowing that you knew who I was. So (laughs) I love it. It's like, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm honored to be here and I've loved watching your journey and I'm, you do such great work. Thank you. You You, you know, even see how you even just mentioned that, like me knowing who you are and, and vice versa. Like I've heard so many amazing things about you from other people. So anytime I've even mentioned to people that I know that, you know, I was mentored by Bob or his wife wrote the forward for my book or any of those things are like, oh, do you know Danielle? Oh, she's awesome. So I'm oh. like, yes, I know who she is. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so good. <laughs> well, we can spend this entire episode having fangirl moments. But <laughs> yeah, let's, <right. laughs> let's, let's add some, some value here for the listeners. So before we get to where you are presently on your journey, I love to start at the very beginning. Mm. And you know, all of us have different upbringings. We're born into different circumstances that affect who we are and who we become. So before society and life and family and traditions changed us, I would love to know who did Danielle or what did Danielle want to be when she was a little girl? Oh my gosh, what a great question. I wanted to be a teacher. Mm. And I played teacher. Uh, with my sisters and my stuffed animals, I w- like even to the point where I'd like give quizzes and tests. I played it with my Barbies. I really just and I always, <laughs> I, I don't know that this was a, such a a trait that I that my parents loved, and I always told my sisters what to do and how I knew better. (laughs) So like, I think I was coaching before coaching was even a thing at like seven years old. You know, I don't know if you'd call it coaching. It may have been like the bossy older sister back then. (laughs) I love it. But that still connects to what you do today. Like you wanted to teach and that's what you're doing today. You're teaching others how to improve their lives, teaching others to tap into their potential, teaching others how to multiply their income. Like it's interesting because sometimes when I ask that question of people, what they wanted to be as a child is nothing connected to who they are presently. So it's beautiful when you hear that, you know, society didn't change or alter who you wanted to be. That's still at the core of who you are. You still connected to that today. Well, isn't that interesting though? Because what if I, if you would have asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have considered myself like almost a failure in that way because 
I wanted to be a teacher and I forgot about it for many, many years. It wasn't until I saw the book um, that my parents had where I put my school pictures in and my old report Mm -hmm. cards. And I wrote in writing that I could hardly read at about five. I think it was kindergarten teacher. I don't necessarily remember that. Like, so I've connected the dots since. And I didn't become a teacher, although I had thought about it in my university days only when I didn't follow medicine. So I went to school for pre-med. And so, and yet at the time, the teacher thing felt like, uh, like, cause I only had in my mind the traditional teacher. Yeah. It felt like not it. And I was a teacher for a while in Japan. So I just, I think it's really interesting. Like now seeing what I do. Yes, of course I'm a teacher, not in the traditional sense. So there's a little bit about what you said of like society robbing that. Cause like I, you know, the view of my life wouldn't be that I like, Oh, I've always wanted this and here I right. am. Right. right, And I think that's so interesting and also a good point for the listeners to take away where sometimes we may have a vision and mm-hmm. in our mind, because we looked at the, the what, because we didn't do the how, how we thought it would be, mm-hmm. we, our perception is that we've failed. Right? Totally. But we don't have control of the how we only like we can focus on what we want to do and who we want to become, but the rest is up to God. We have no control over that, right? So I think it's beautiful that that's even brought up as part of the conversation, because even in what we do, sometimes we need those reminders ourselves, um, you know, to just open up our mind. Sometimes we're fixated on an idea of how something should be. Um, I'm not one that's very good at, you know, traditional boxes (laughs) and and stereotypes, (laughs) Yeah. So I love that you still, outside of the traditional teacher, you are still teaching. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I I think back like to the moment when I almost went to teacher's school after university. And I can't, just like thinking about if I ended up being an eye doctor, like I thought I wanted to be, there's no way. There's mm-hmm. no way me being in a classroom like that or and nothing against it like i t- i know teachers that love their job it's just it's not you know for me same thing with the doctor piece so it's i there's so much trust that we get to have in god that the way that it shows up for us in our life is the right way although i labeled the teacher cuz that's all i knew at 5 my spirit knew that i was it's much more than a teacher a guide a mentor although those words didn't exist then for me mhm yeah. I, I think about, so I had a client a couple of years ago who wanted to leave her career. She wasn't happy. She wasn't making good money. She grew up in poverty and stuff like that. And she wanted to get into acting. And she thought that she had to invest in going back to school. And we had a conversation and I explained to her, like, you don't always have to take the traditional route that society wants you to take. The most successful people don't necessarily take that path that everyone else has taken. And I look at her social media now and I get goosebumps because she didn't have to go back to school. She didn't have to go to acting school. She didn't have to do any of those things. She's now acting. She's like got a Rolodex of commercials and TV roles and, you know, is making, she's in the acting industry and didn't have to go back to school. Love it. 
Yeah, of course, <laughs> because that's how like and that's how it all works. Right. It's and it's not necessarily like even the the teacher or the actor. It's like how she feels when she's per- doing that. Yeah. What she loves yes. that her soul is connected to. Right. So good. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty and even how her posts have transformed and you can feel the joy through it. Right. <laughs> Love it. So, okay. So our parents and our caregivers are, you know, they're often our loudest fans or critics. Um, I'd love to know, like, where did you receive your praise from most growing up? Hmm. I would say my grandparents. Um, Although, like, probably my grandmother, um, my grandfather was quite critical um and a british like traditionally british man um that didn't show emotion although he, like i received a lot of praise from them i would say and then my parents um and uh i would say my dad like the way that he loved unconditionally was really like how i received the praise so when you ask that question, though, what came to mind is like, how much even though that praise was there, how much I looked for external validation. So and doing well, um, from my teachers and like the report cards and all of that was really important, especially at a later age. Mm -hmm. And I would say so very early on, that would be true for me. And then really, I don't know how this came to be, um, but myself, like I learned to give it to myself early and maybe that's because it wasn't there when I wanted it. Mm. And I don't know that that's always a good thing, although, because it also made like, I was like, well, I'll do it on my own then. Like that's an attitude that I really developed Mm -hmm. quite Yes. Like, so the reason that I asked that question is because, you know, we understand that we're programmed, right? We're programmed when we're little to get the results that we get today. And a lot of us are looking at our lives and may not have the understanding that it's a reflection of our thoughts, feelings, and actions, you know, Mm -hmm. over, over the years. But when we look at where the programming started, our caregivers, our parents, Mm -hmm. A lot of us had childhood wounds that we didn't realize were childhood wounds um, or childhood trauma until we became adults and had to evolve and unlearn a lot of things to relearn things. And I feel like every coach or leader that I've had a conversation with had to have that moment where they're like, okay, yeah, like something needs to change, something needs to shift. And then that's when we take that initiative to turn things around. So when we look at our childhood and, you know, where if we didn't get the praise at home or if we didn't get the type that we need, like, for example, there's a couple of episodes ago that I did where um, my guest Catherine and I, we spoke about her validation from her parents. Her parents, still together till this day, have always been supportive of her, but they've never verbally said the words, you know, I've got you or I'm there for you. They've just physically been there. But because of her love language and needing to hear that and not hearing that, how that affected her. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. So I'm trying to unpack for you 
where that started or where that came from? Yeah. Um, I remember specifically a moment when I was 13 and it, you know, mom, if you listen, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a moment when I um, decided that I wasn't going to be my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I remember, I know the school, it's like walking into my guidance counselor's office and saying, my parents work in factories, not a problem. And I, I, I want something different. I know mm-hmm. I made something different. What do I need to do? to go to school. Mm-hmm. And one of my family had gone to school, university. Mm-hmm. So I remember something really, really different from the way that I was raised. Like I remember that moment where I took responsibility. Um, when I was younger, like it feels like I, that I don't know that there was a whole lot of praise. I think the, our parents' generation and so, okay, before I say this, I'm going to say my <laughs> disclaimer the same way you said, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> Our parents did the best they could with what they had and with what they knew, right? Yeah. And as time evolves and we learn things through the internet and you know, having access to more information, we are all trying to, well, most of us are trying to do different or do better for our children and the next generation and ourselves. So when I look at our parents' generation, a lot of it was mainly in, I'm going to say survival. So a lot of their actions may not have been what we needed, Mm -hmm. right? And in watching their actions, as much as we love them and appreciate them, it is like, okay, well, I don't want to do that, or that's not what I want for my life, right? There's nothing against their process or how they, I guess, move through the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, as you're saying that, I'm like that my parents were definitely in survival mode. Like, I don't know that they thought about praising. Like, it was like, how do we put food on the table? Exactly. Exactly. They were in survival mode, right? And, you know, on top of the work that we study with mindset, I'm actually like obsessed with neuroscience and how the brain works and trauma and understanding all that stuff. And it's like, when we're in survival mode, when we're in fight or flight mode, it shuts down the part of our brain that is able to find solutions, the processing side, right? So it's not that our parents were trying to emotionally neglect or not trying to love us. They just didn't have that awareness, mm-hmm. but we have that now. Yeah. So now taking those tools and utilizing them and doing different and being an example of different for our parents, for our kids, for society. That's how we can make that change, right? I feel like a lot of us coaches that were connected to Bob, that was like a huge, pivotal, life-changing moment. So I would love to know for you, when were you first introduced to Bob and his work and his teachings, and how did that change your life? Yeah, so I ironically was introduced by my mom. <laughs> um and I had met him earlier though through the secret like most of us. Uh I didn't know although the name Bob Proctor I didn't know. And I had uh been practicing the secret since I watched it like many 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 people on such a superficial level that 
it got me what I got. So then in 2015, I was in network marketing and my mom had joined my team, which was an incredible moment for us, bonding moment for us. Um, I should say like my mom's quite young. She had me when she was 15, 16, like 15. And so that it was awesome. And she, and although I was very frustrated in my network marketing business because I wasn't getting the results I wanted and my mom and we started reading all the books and like doing personal development and um my mom started started coaching with the person that became my coach Doug and she dragged me to one of his sessions like literally I I was living in Toronto she's like you have to come to Guelph and I'm like I don't have time for this I already know all this like the, she's like well no this man Bob's going to speak about thing rich I'm like mom I read it like I was really like like not open. I get there and I'm sitting kind of in the back with my arms crossed and Bob on stage said, he said, um, you know, we can tell where your mind is, your awareness based on your results. I was like, well, my results suck. So, okay. And then he said, your way is most likely not working. Mine does. Why don't you listen? I was like, okay. And then he said, now, the first thing is you've got to take responsibility, you know, Bob Voice, responsibility for these results. Like there's no one else, it's, there's no one else's fault. And that's where I was like, oh, wait the F a moment. Like my, I've, it's not me. Right. Uh, my <laughs> husband doesn't like, doesn't support me. My friends don't buy my product. La la. Like I had this whole list. I was so defensive. And he basically said in the way Bob does, like, shut up and listen. <laughs> and that was that. I was like, I couldn't deny that he knew a truth that I didn't understand. And that moment that that seminar changed my life. It was three hours. I was like, sign me up. Like I'm in, I didn't have the money. I had, and then I, I, yeah. And then I wanted to become a coach and I really didn't have the money uh, to invest in that. And, um, but yeah, it was my mom and, and I'm just so grateful that although it annoyed me that I, I, that there was something that pulled me there, you know? Yeah. I see my listeners know whenever I say I'm getting goosebumps, it's almost like, I don't know if it's me aligning with the spirit, what's happening. I don't know. But um, <laughs> when you said that, so Bob said something about, um, you know, a closed mind can't accept new ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. And Everyone that I know that is super connected to his teachings and his materials rejected it originally. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like you, I, you know, I had watched the documentary, The Secret. I was like, okay, whatever. I created a vision board, but that was as far as I went with it. Was not open to it. And then, like you, I was invited to hear Bob speak. And like you, Bob said stuff. <laughs> that opened up the lid of my brain (laughs) and it started to pour stuff into it. And it was like, take this, take this. And my jaw hit the floor. And I, you know, that emoji where your brain is like exploding. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it felt like. Right. And you mentioned multiple times you did something despite not having the money. Yeah. Susanna has the same story. I have the same story. You know, you invested in yourself without having the time or the money. Can you share what that looked like for you? Yeah. um, I felt, to be honest, I felt like I didn't have a choice. 
but to figure it out. Like I had tried everything else and I was pretty much at like a rock bottom position um, when I was faced with this opportunity. And so uh, like, although I heard no from my husband, although I had no room on credit cards, I was like, no, I didn't hear no. And it was scary mainly because I had invested in other programs for myself in the past and nothing seemed to make a difference. And the truth is, if I was honest with myself, I wasn't doing them as design. Like I never really finished anything. I like, I didn't really do take the coaching from my Arbonne sponsor. And like, so I was kind of half assing it, you know, and And so I had to become really honest with myself and my husband and own up to that fact because he had seen tens of thousands of dollars leave without any return. More than that over the last, like before that, it was probably three years. And and yet I knew. So I needed to find the money. I asked to borrow credit cards for the deposit. I um, And after doing all these things, like getting really uncomfortable asking for help, I figured it out. I got the money for the deposit. And then an interesting thing happened. We, I walked into the bank where my husband and I banked. And I had a different bank for me, myself personally. Um, but this was our joint account. And, she's, and my husband's an actor. And he w- was doing, is doing well, right? So he, although because of my decisions, I had put us in a really interesting spot because I was spending the money more and I wasn't making it. And so anyway, we walk into the, I walked into the bank and she said, Oh, you have a line of credit you've been approved for. And I was like, "Uh, lady, do you know, like I just quit my, I quit my job, like six figure job six months ago. Like it definitely isn't for me. Like I'm not even making 2000 a month. And I was like, Oh really? Is it Paul's name or Danielle? And she's like, Danielle. I was like, Ooh, okay. And it was, $10,000. $10,000. And I was like, this is my like, this is my sign. I had borrowed the money. Yes. And this is it. So I quickly signed. I was like, yes, thank you. And I remember the people around me at the time, Makini saying like, that's not wise. You're already so far in debt. Like, this is crazy. This is not a good idea. And I did it anyway. I, I just was so like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Wow. So when you were telling your story, your, I'm going to say your commitment to doing what you wanted to do and making that change, that was like the highlighter moment for me in what you were, you were saying. That's what stuck out to me most. And I truly believe that when we are committed versus interested in something, then we will do whatever it takes. When we're interested in a thing, we can find all the excuses in the world why we shouldn't do it. But when you're committed, all those excuses go out the window and you are hyper-focused on finding a way. And it's like that, I don't want to use the word obsession, but it's like that word, that that vision in your mind of that thing that you want. It's so etched in your mind that you attract and manifest all the resources and all the things and all the people that you need to make it happen. And I do think it's an obsession in a yeah. way. Like I think it's an, in a good way using that word um, because, and that's how you have, have to really become. And mm-hmm. I've used the same feeling for my goals. And I wouldn't say it was almost like it wasn't necessarily an obsession for the course. It was beyond the course yeah. that I'm obsessed with. 
And I saw the course being my gateway to understanding. Like I knew that once I had this material in my mind, there was no looking back. Like I never had to be worried again about my finances, about whether or not this was going to work. Like I understood from that first conversation that I heard Bob say that I was missing an understanding in my mind. And once I understood it, it, that awareness wouldn't go away. So it was like this obsession with getting myself to that place. Yeah, there's um, a story that Bob tells in the Thinking Into Results program where um, now I can't remember uh, who the story was about, but it was like they didn't have the money. And he's like, where are you going to get the money from? And he says, wherever it is right now. (laughs) (laughs) I have that phrase in my head anytime I want something. So it's like, no, it's not that I can't afford that thing right now, or I can't have that thing. No, I'm going to have that thing. I may not have the dollar amount for it right now, but I'm going to have it. And anything that I need, the clients come that adds up to the exact amount or whatever it is happens because I've made the decision. It's mine. (laughs) Yeah. I love that story. I love even how he says like, where's the money? Wherever it is right now. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) So when um, when Susanna was asking me if I knew who you were, she affectionately calls you the self-image queen, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would love to know what advice would you give to the women who are listening right now about self-image? Yeah, this is great. So I, the the part of the work within the work that we do that changed my life was is the self-image. It's the embodiment of the concept of self that you need to create. It's really order to achieve the goal. When I realized that you could just create your own self-identity, like it, something clicked in me. My mentor says it's like your code, like it clicked. I did it. And I just became her. Mm -hmm. Like I got on stage and my whole world shifted in the physical reality around me, the 3d reality around me to reflect that new concept of myself. So for advice around self-image is like, you know, all the people that you admire in the world, whether it's in your industry or beyond, that you're in the beauty that you're seeing in other people, it's because it's in you. It's in you and your inner being is like bursting at the seams for you to display it in the world. And I recommend that record like really recognize all the beauty that you see in others and know that that is who you actually get to be and that's the self-image work and I know that you can't see it right now or even see how that's possible and like allow yourself to be guided through this process because it's mind-blowing and literally when Bob says you cannot outperform your self-image I was faking it on the outside and that's not self-image work. It's the it's the deep, honest, like the whispers that you see yourself when no one's looking. It's what's going on in your mind at your darkest moments before you go to sleep and your happiest moments. It's like all of that and you are in control. You can actually change your self-image. Yeah. And so I'm so passionate about this because if this is true, which I found out it is, that you cannot perform your self-image, then all you need to do is create that next level image of who you are. Yeah. 
and step into it. So then it's it's really it's an embodiment work. So it's identity work and it's embodiment work. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that you just mentioned that piece because uh, when you said, you know, it's not about faking it, you know, there's that term fake it till you make it. But I think there's not not faking it, but faithing it until you make it because <laughs> the, because it's about the identity. It's about the inner core belief, right? When you fake it, it's it's the outer superficial um, performance of it, right? But when you're faithing it and you look at the identity, the core um, belief that it's possible. And who you are as a human being, like a spiritual being in this human body. So that is so good. I've never heard that before. I love it. <laughs> I, w- I will quote you when I say it. I So that's so good because I've also, and I think the fake it till you make it is a good place maybe to start because it is that you do have to act like as if, although we don't understand the impact of fake, fake, of faking it, right? So faithing it is so good. And so then if we're faithing it, then we understand at, in our core, in our, um, we understand really the truth of who we are as the spiritual being, this human body, this you know, creator, because if God created us and we're an extension of that source energy, then we are also creators. Like you really know that you are the one you are and who you are and what you are. That's at the base of it all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I had an interesting, um, I'm going to say an interesting experience where I slowly changed my self-image before I was introduced to the material. And then when I understood the material, I was able to like take quantum leaps in that self-image because, so my sister passed away in 2012 and I got connected um, directly to Bob and his wife, Linda in 2013. Mm. When my sister passed away, I was, you know, I, I think I had just gone through my divorce. I was miserable. I was broke. My real estate career was going downhill. Um, I was just all over the place. And then I started to emulate the qualities about her that I loved. Mm-hmm. I started to, um, you know, I wanted to make other pe- people feel how she made people feel. I started mm-hmm. to um, intentionally try to lift other people's vibrations. I started to intentionally, um, you know, share more positive things on social. And um, I looked at all of her qualities that I loved and I tried to emulate that. And then I started hearing people say, oh my God, like you're turning into your sister. She would be so proud, blah, blah, blah. And then the following year I connect with Bob and Linda and Colleen. And then I was like, okay, and then I started studying the, the TIR stuff around 2017, 2018. And then when I got to the self-image lesson and I was like, holy crap, that's what I did to go from this miserable <laughs> person to living in a place of gratitude and feeling better about life and my contribution to the world. And then taking that to another level, realizing, okay, well, I don't have to be that person even. I can go higher. It was like, um, you know, removing those limiting beliefs that I had because of things that I never saw and doors started to open and I started to connect with more people and organizations and, you know, just expanding my reach as I evolved, I I guess, Um, you know, and every day I'm still evolving, obviously, but it was the understanding of self-image that 
completely changed who I am more than any other lesson within that program. Yeah, I hands down, hands down. I agree with you. And um, there's so many layers to it as well, even beyond what's in thinking into results, um, which is where I needed to go because I didn't, in the beginning, didn't really understand that the outside image was different than the inside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, so yeah, I, I love that. I love that, you know, in your story, you were intuitively already like, we, I believe that we all know these truths, you know, we're just reminded yeah. through people that come into our lives as our mentors. And so you knew your inner being was guiding you and to do exercises to embody um, traits that you respected because they're already in you and you were just bringing them to the surface. I think our, what happens when we attract mentorship into our lives and coaches into our lives, we, uh, we get there faster. So once you had the information from Bob, then you were able to quantum leap at a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so beautiful and of course you attracted him at the at that time it's just like you know i i have bob's voice echoing when the student's ready the teacher appears yeah yeah it's a beautiful truth so for the all those listening like you know often we think that there's things missing for us what if you have everything within it's just you just need a little bit of help seeing it and the person or people, the mentor that's meant to help you at this stage is right. Like, just notice, look around. Yeah. Here, he's right there for you. Absolutely. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I believe that everything we need is inside of us and it's for us to unlock those pieces. And as we unlock those pieces, as we raise our vibration, we attract exactly who we need in that moment to get us through that, that journey. Yeah. So good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I could sit here and talk this stuff with you for hours. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. I was just thinking like, you know, the magic of just life in general. Like it's if we get connected to like the 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 moments and how all we need is attracted to us and it's just so cool, isn't it? Yeah, like it is. it's so cool how the universe brings and God brings you know two people together and it's never underestimated like you're you you're supported you're so supported yeah and i i I think that that mindset is what um i'm gonna say what keeps me because Mm -hmm. anyone who's listening who's an entrepreneur knows the entrepreneurial journey can feel very lonely at times right but when you know at your core and when you you your level of faith believes that you're always supported, that the resources are, are there, they're coming or that you're never alone. Like things just happen. Like even when I've given away my last, it's come, you know, back tenfold. So, um, yeah, this conversation is such a great reminder of all of that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I had one more question before I, I, we go to the final segment, because um, as you were telling your story before about how you got to where you are and um, even the piece. Okay. So let me back up mm-hmm. the beauty in hearing other people's stories for me is that it points out how we are more alike than we are different. 
Mm-hmm. And there's always a piece of someone's story that we can resonate with or makes us feel more connected to that person. And in the four years that I've been doing this podcast and you know, not even including the interviews that I've done on other platforms, I've had the opportunity to speak with over 200 women. Wow. And there's a commonality between everyone's story, which is, you know, their, their pain birthed their purpose, right? But I'm always able to connect even directly, you know, two women that have such similar stories, you'd swear like your lives are mirroring each other, or how it mirrors like my own or something. And when you were telling your story about you being in debt and having, you know, this mindset around money and you're married to an actor and going to the bank and just all of that. So uh, do you know who Julie Solomon is? I've seen her. I don't know her personally. Okay. So um, Julie Solomon, she like, I think they live in LA, but her husband's also an actor, um, a well-known actor, and she has the influencer podcast. I had her on um, for the launch of her new book. And her story is so similar to yours. Wow. Um, her, her book, the first part of her book starts with her story, her, uh, what do you call it? Her, I guess her, her origin story of, of her past belief about money and her self-image because of yeah. her upbringing and her being terrified when her husband found out about, you know, her tens of thousands of dollars of debt, you know, and, and he's an actor and like, I, I, I just, you were telling your story and I was seeing her story like this. <laughs> I love that. Well, that and, you know, I can hear like you as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say, I think she's bought and, and I've seen maybe even ads of hers and I don't know her. So perhaps it's a connection <laughs> to me. Wow. Yeah. I, I need to connect you too. Yeah, <laughs> please. Holy. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> okay. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online to learn more from you and about you. Sure. So I I love Instagram uh, at underscore Danielle underscore Amos underscore. And I um, have recently, thanks to my daughter, got into some TikToking. Um, <laughs> so you can find me there just new and um, also Facebook as well. And I'm behind my platform. So you could message me and it will be me that that answers you. And if my team's helping me, they'll let you know, and they'll pass it on to me, which is not that common at the moment. Um, (laughs) I'd love to connect that way. I have a podcast called The Prosperity Practice. And I'm really here to help women. Um, Very similar to you. Uh, I just feel like there's so much more for all of us. And when we come together, and it's such an honor, when a woman chooses to um, follow in the footsteps and like the understanding that I've been able to apply to my own life and then help them apply to theirs. So thank you. I love it. I love it. So I'll definitely have all of your links for them to connect with you in the detailed section so they don't have to search too far. They can just click and connect with you directly. Um, so the final segment of the show Sometimes I call it like a rapid fire, but it doesn't end up being that rapid when I ask you to unpack stuff and I don't really like rules. So let's not keep us in a box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, um, you know, I ask you a couple of quick questions and you share just to help the women that are listening so they can honor, elevate and love herself. Okay. All right. So name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Power of Awareness, Neville Goddard. Yes. 
I'm <laughs> right there myself. <laughs> if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Woo. Well, this is what I just wrote this morning. Um, self-creation mentor is and um, really about the embodiment of this identity work. So like next level self-active actualization mentor, Danielle Amos, <laughs> you know, step into your truth. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. When was the last time you cried? Uh, last night. like a lot (laughs) (laughs) when was the last time you apologized to someone uh I would say also last night okay what's the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night first thing I do in the morning is a meditation uh before a visualization and and then I go on to my studies and before I go to bed, the last thing I do is so always read and then I will visualize. And if I need some assistance, I'll put in my own, like my AirPods and um, listen to my self image script or, or a similar like I am affirmations. Yeah. And I am visualizing like I do not McKinney. This is like one of my rules. It's um, I do not go to sleep if I can't, if I'm not able to get myself in that state, like I'll actually get out of bed wow. and I won't allow myself to fall asleep. Um, so I, I visualize and then I am giving myself, I am statements that I actually received from a healing. I do NLP. And so I, through my NLP healer, some I, and, uh, I am statements that I have affirmations and I'm repeating them over and over mm-hmm. before I Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Speak their truth and like, let go of what other people think and praise each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love all of those. Honestly, Danielle, thank you for not just your time, but your energy today. Um, I feel like uplifted, ready to take on the rest of my day. (laughs) These conversations are just like a form of therapy for me. Um, so I just want you to know how much I truly, 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 truly appreciate you, your time, your energy, and your wisdom and the work that you're doing out in the world so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's like I said, it's an honor to be here with you. I know the caliber of women you have on the show, and I'm so grateful. Please keep doing what you do. It's you're amazing at interacting with other women and really pulling out their brilliance. So thank you, Makinia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you healers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcasts. We want to hear what were your aha moments from what Danielle had to say, what resonated with you, what struck you, um, you know, what got to your core. We would love, love, love to hear it. And I just want to thank each and every one of you that continues to listen each week to help the show rank globally in the top 1.5% of most popular shows. And if you could think of one person, I'm challenging you actually to three, three people that need to hear this episode, share it with them. Screenshot this week's episode. You can tag Danielle at underscore Danielle underscore Amos underscore. And you can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith. 
A healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal her.